Support for NPR comes from ADP. Say you're in HR and a solar flare adds an extra hour to each day. How would this impact business? ADP designs forward-thinking solutions to help your business take on the next anything. ADP, always designing for people. The underdog sports comedy Next Goal Wins is based on the true story of American Samoa's soccer team and its attempts to improve on its status as a worldwide laughingstock. The film is from Taika Waititi and stars Michael Fassbender as the real-life coach tasked with helping the team compete in a World Cup qualifying match. I'm Linda Holmes. And I'm Stephen Thompson. Today we are talking about Next Goal Wins on Pop Culture Happy Hour from NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor, the official Hacks podcast from Max. Join the creators and showrunners of Hacks as they discuss each episode and speak with the cast and crew about the making of the series. Listen to the official Hacks podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Third Love. Third Love makes solutions for every bra problem. Give yourself more lift, smoothing, and get straps that stay put. Every style's wear tested on real women, made from premium materials, with a virtual fitting room to help you find your perfect fit. Comfort and support are guaranteed. It's time to get your problem solved. Visit thirdlove.com and get $15 off your order with code PODCAST15. This message comes from NPR sponsor CarMax. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because CarMax believes you shouldn't just settle for a car, you should love your car. That's why every car they sell has CarMax certified quality, so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. Don't settle. Find love at first drive. Start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. This message comes from NPR sponsor Squarespace. Kickstart or update written content on any website, product description, or email with Squarespace AI, generating instant, personalized results that know and show your brand identity. Explain what your site is about, choose your tone, and enter what you need to get short or long-form text. No matter the placement, Squarespace AI makes it easier to go live, stand out, and succeed online. Use code HAPPYHOUR to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Do you ever wish you could get your stories in three hours rather than three minutes? Or maybe you're sick of doom scrolling, getting your news in bits and pieces. That is where Embedded comes in. We bring you documentary series that will change the way you think about things. Find us wherever you get your podcasts. Joining us today is one of the hosts of NPR's Code Switch podcast, Gene Demby. Hey, Gene. What's good, y'all? I'm so glad to be here. Hey, Gene. It's so great to have you. So Next Goal Wins is based on the real-life exploits of American Samoa's soccer team, which experienced embarrassment on a global scale when it lost a match to Australia by the score of 31 to nothing back in 2001. Ten years later, as the World Cup qualifiers approached, American Samoa looked to improve prove its lot by hiring a down-on-his-luck Dutch-American coach named Thomas Rungen. He's played by Michael Fassbender. 
Fire. What follows will be familiar to anyone who's seen the 2014 documentary, also called Next Goal Wins, which documents Rangan's attempts to turn the team around. But the new film will also be familiar to anyone who has ever seen an underdog sports movie, be it Cool (laughs) Runnings, The Mighty Ducks, or The Bad News Bears. You take a wacky team of misfits, an exasperated coach with no other options, and a whole lot of training montages, you know the drill. Next Goal Wins also stars Kamana as Jaya, who is Fafafine, an American Samoan term referring to gender fluidity. The real-life Jaya became the first openly transgender player to compete in a World Cup qualifying match. The film was directed and co-written by Taika Waititi and is in theaters on Friday. Linda, I'm going to start with you. What did you think of Next Goal Wins? I really liked this movie. I think, as you said, if you have seen an underdog sports movie, you're going to see just about every beat coming at some level. I think they've freely fictionalized enough elements to make it fit even better into the narrative that they're looking for. But the underdog sports comedy is one of the genres that has kind of really faltered as they've stopped making kind of mid-sized movies. And so to me, it's, look, this is not an earth-shattering movie. It is, I, I would dare to say, inessential in some ways, but I enjoyed it thoroughly. And it is the kind of movie that I always want to be available to people. And I want you know, this is a story I've heard before. I just want to hear it again and again and again. <laughs> How about you, Gene? So just to give you context of what I was going through when I sat down to watch this movie the other day, my soccer team, uh, Tottenham Hotspur, lost an absolutely chaotic game. Like it was it was a, almost like a, a Ted Lasso script. There were two red cards. A bunch of our <laughs> players got injuries that will keep them out probably for weeks, if not months. So I needed like a palate cleanser when I sat down to watch this movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and that's what I got. It was really dope. It was a lot of fun. It's very broad and sitcom But, you know, a lot of the jokes actually land. The The performances were really uh, winning. Speaking of Ted Lasso, <laughs> I wish, wish that we had more time with some of those characters. Like, you almost wish yeah. this was a, a sort of serialized thing. But it was, it was a lot of fun. It was... And like Linda said, it also was like a trifle. <laughs> I definitely was yeah. like, okay, it was a nice, fun, pleasant. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not mad yeah. at all at all. Not <laughs> yeah, at all. No. yeah, I had a pretty similar reaction to this film. And for my context, I did not have to root for Tottenham Hotspur. <laughs> but I have had the experience of coaching a team of wacky, lovable, misfit losers. <laughs> You're um, not talking about the PCHH team, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Our team would be even worse. Okay. Um, but I was coach of the Onions softball oh team back in the late 90s and early aughts. And we once had a two-game stretch where we were outscored by a total of 72 to nothing in two oh softball games, each with a one-hour time limit. <laughs> Surprised that was enough time for them to run around the bases that many times. I know. It was was as hapless as the score made it sound. And the following week, after that two-game stretch, we lost a game 9-1. to And scoring that one run was like winning 10 Super Bowls. Yeah. Those are the kind of sports stakes that I can get behind. And I love not just a loser, but like a spectacular loser, a record-setting loser, the worst team in the entire world, and the attempt to go from worst team in the entire world to maybe the second or third worst team in the entire world? The qualifiers are only four weeks away, Mr. Rongan. All I want from our team is just one goal. One goal. I appreciate the very, very modest stakes of this film, and I appreciate the modest stakes of this film in the context of Taika Waititi's career also, because one of the things that kind of bugged me about Jojo Rabbit was he was taking that kind of 
slightly whimsical kind of storytelling style and applying it to a story about the Holocaust. Mm -hmm. And this is taking that whimsical storytelling style and applying it to a knockabout underdog sports comedy. And that, to me, is the right sense of scale, the right sense of stakes. And I had a ton of fun. It was mildly diverting. Will I remember it after we finish this conversation? Not necessarily. <laughs> but but I, I, I got a kick out of it. The other thing I like about it is I think when you say, Stephen, that it has appropriately sized stakes, I one thing that I always think is important in sports fiction is to remember that the vast majority of sports people, the stakes in their life are not, am I going to be the best in the world or not? Their goal is to be better than they were yesterday, better than they were last time. So there's a real charm to me. You know, I had the same feeling as you, Stephen. You know that they're not really going for, are these guys going to become world champions? Or even really, are they going to qualify for the World Cup? You get the feeling that the ultimate stakes are, can they win a game? And I appreciated that. And I also did think, like, you know, the interesting thing about this Michael Fassbender performance is that there are times when I feel like he's having a little trouble getting his arms around exactly who this guy is. None of this makes any sense. You don't even have a full squad of players out there. No wonder you're the worst team in the world. At the very beginning, somebody makes a comment to him about, you should take this job and go to American Samoa to heal. And so you know something has happened. But for a while, to me, it was a little hard to get a sense of who this guy was. There's a sense that he drinks too much. There's a sense that, you know, he's separated from his wife. And it's a little vague on that. But I think as they go on, they do do a good job, particularly with the relationship between uh, him and Jaya. I was invested in that, in that relationship and in his understanding that she was very, very talented and that she was a leader on the team and that the guys on the team didn't see her the way that he kind of assumed that they would. It's just so warm. The other performances, the the guy who's like the head of the soccer federation, I think that's a really funny and entertaining performance. Yeah, it was just him. But the fact that he responded... Absolutely incredible. I really think things are going to turn around, you know, son? It's like in The Matrix. I think this man is the Neo. That is Oscar Kiley, who is very, very funny in this movie. Mm -hmm. Yes, and I think he's very funny. And, And I think there's also, you know, something to be said for the story of how this team losing by 31 goals, how it affected them. You know, that's real people when that happens. You know, mm-hmm. that's those are real people who have to get up and keep living their lives. And, you know, there's a lot of reflecting on sort of what that did to interest in soccer in their community and what it did to their reputations. And I was kind of invested in all that. I, I, mm-hmm. I liked it. The head of the Federation, he keeps saying, I just need one goal. Right? Michael Fassman is like, <laughs> I can't I can't do anything with the team. He's just like, one goal. That's all I need. One goal. Right? Like, <laughs> the stakes are both really low to Steven's point and also like sufficiently like sufficiently daunting one goal they've never scored a goal in their entire history in American soccer there's this uh, guy Matt Turner and in college there was this clip of him famously letting in the dumbest goal you've ever seen in your life like the ball flies a million feet into the air he tries to catch it and it just bounces in behind him and he just like collapses to the to the ground you know, mortified. And he became a laughingstock. And now, you know, he's like a professional soccer player. And he was like, I was really demoralizing to have my lowest, like one of the most embarrassing things that ever happened to me happen in front of the entire you know, sports watching world. Right? And so, you know, there's a whole subplot about the keeper who was in the goal for that 31-nil drubbing 
It's like this thing that like haunts him all the time, right? That's how it would be if the lowest moment of your sporting life became this like moment of international mockery. Yeah, you would carry that around for a long time. Yeah, but it's interesting to think, I think, from a character perspective. And I think this is one of the things that this movie, in its own kind of light way, gets at is like, what does it take to be the kind of person who will go out there representing your country in a situation where everybody expects you to lose by 30 goals? And Mm -hmm. you know that your odds of competing meaningfully are probably very minimal. But to find it in yourself to still practice and still work and still try to get better and still be a team, like, I just think that's interesting to think about and not necessarily the most common sports narrative. I wanted to touch on some of the, a little bit of controversy swirling around this film and the way that it tells the story of Jaya. There's a scene early in this movie in which Rangan is kind of dead naming her. Mm-hmm. They get into a, you know, kind of a fight on the pitch and she shoves him and then apologizes to him. There's been some kind of talk around this film like maybe this film should have centered her instead of him uh having her apologize to him in that scene is a little squeamishness inducing i mean i i definitely can see where where that's coming from particularly the centering the question of centering him versus her but i i felt like the the message of the f- movie was pretty clear that they have her apologize to him as you might have to apologize anytime you shove your coach. And I I would definitely agree that I might have left that out and structured that differently. But I think also at that point, he's too much of a jerk to start that kind of reconciliation, maybe. Yeah. And I think this film makes him a little too much of a jerk in general. Mm, Say more about that. You know, obviously, like, this sort of underdog sports movie, the coach is always reluctant, and part of the hero's journey is always that the hero resists the journey. This is and your whole bad news ducks thing is... Yeah. <laughs> you got to have the coach who's like, this is my last stop. I quit. I give up. And I don't care. That's part of it. Mm-hmm. For one thing, there doesn't seem to be any evidence that Rangan himself held those views or treated the real Jaya this way mm-hmm. in a movie that is otherwise so light and so enjoyable and so kind of knockabout uplifting. I, to me, it took it took me out of the joy of the movie a little bit. Mm-hmm. They do talk about Fafafini in the context of American Samoa, that that is, is unremarkable for someone to be um, trans or non-binary, right? I'm just wondering if they introduced that conflict sort of to underline that here, Jaya being this kind of singular athlete would have been something that nobody even like blinked an eye at, right? I agree with that. I think they did want to make that point. I think I think it seems like making that point that she was so much part of her team without those guys acting like they thought it was weird or anything like that. When the expectation so often in American sports and perhaps sports in other countries as well, you know, that athletes are very apprehensive about gender Mm -hmm. identity and sexual identity and things like that. I think they did probably want to introduce the idea that her team was not. And so it may have been that they needed a way for him to kind of come in, as you say, with that janky lens and for him to be kind of corrected in that way. I also can understand what Stephen's saying and that it might have been interesting to see this story as like the story of of her and her her entire playing career. It may be as simple as they based it on the 
documentary about Brangan coming to coach the team. And she, when she is introduced, she's obviously, like, introduced as, like, major character, right? She has a whole, like, entry right. scene. She like gets, a, like, a slow-mo intro. Yep, yep, yep. It yep. seemed like, oh, for a second, she's about to become the, the sort of thrust of the movie. And, it, like, like you said, Stephen, it would make a ton of sense for that to have been the case. Yeah, she's more integral to this team than this carpetbagger shows up, <laughs> throws a bunch of tantrums that completely do not help. Right. It is kind of part of it for the coach in a story like this, for the coach to be like, I don't care, I'm a jerk. But I do think there's something about him that has like a very that, – that's what I mean when I say I feel like they never quite got that character exactly right – you can wonder why he's kind of sent to coach this team. And eventually they kind of say to him, well, you didn't, you weren't really sent there to help them. You were sent there to help you. And I was like, well, that's kind of a, (laughs) not a great thing to do to this team of guys. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. we sent you this coach, not expecting them to help you. Like he will never go to therapy. So we're going to, you're going to be his, his therapy for the next eight months of your life. Exactly. Exactly. So he, he, as a character, was my biggest kind of mm-hmm. bump with the movie, was was his character was a little roughly made for me. Mm-hmm. One thing I did like about his arc, and that I definitely appreciated as a sports fan, was there is a undercurrent in this movie of, of kind of establishing and wrapping its arms around the fact that coaches throwing tantrums, players throwing tantrums, this has been a part of sports for much longer than any of us have been alive, let alone been following sports. And I like the way this movie gets at the fact that that stuff just doesn't work. Yeah. That stuff doesn't make players play better. And it doesn't make you a better coach. It doesn't make you a better coach. And so I liked the fact that this movie does with him at least kind of toy with the idea that he becomes a better coach when he realizes that he needs to stop acting like that. When he throws tantrums, he looks ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I did appreciate the fact, I think, that they really just go for it. You know, you mentioned, Stephen, in the intro, the training montages. When you get to the training montage in this in this movie, the one where he's like, all right, we're going to get you in shape and start. They just lean directly into it. They play the music. You mm-hmm. get the guys running. You get them doing the drills in the ladder. The object is to get the ball in the net. Concentrate. Look where you're shooting it. What the hell? Don't look at me. Look at the ball. You know, you get the, some of them are good at it and some of them, you get the moments where he sees a player and he's like, who's that? Like, they just <laughs> lean right into it. There's mm-hmm. there's no effort to sort of, this is not a subverting tropes situation. <laughs> this is wrapping your arms around it. Giving it a big hug, saying, nice trope, I love you. I love you. I love you. I think we can agree that this is a fun one. Watch it with your folks on Thanksgiving. This is that kind of movie. We want to know what you think about Next Goal Wins. Find us at facebook.com slash pchh. That brings us to the end of our show. Gene Demby, Linda Holmes, thanks so much for being here. Thank you, bud. Appreciate you. We want to take a moment to thank our Pop Culture Happy Hour Plus subscribers. We appreciate you so much for showing your support of NPR. If you haven't signed up yet, want to show your support and listen to this show without any sponsor breaks, head over to plus.npr.org slash happy hour or visit the link in our show notes this episode was produced by liz metzger and edited by mike katziff our supervising producer is jessica reedy and hello come in provides our theme music thank you for listening to pop culture happy hour from npr i'm stephen thompson and we will see you all tomorrow
This message comes from NPR sponsor Charles Schwab with its original podcast on investing. Each week, hosts Lizanne Saunders, Schwab's chief investment strategist, and Kathy Jones, Schwab's chief fixed income strategist, along with their guests, analyze economic developments and bring context to conversations around stocks, fixed income, the economy, and more. Download the latest episode and subscribe at schwab.com slash oninvesting or wherever you get your podcasts. This message comes from NPR sponsor, the American Cancer Society. By the end of this message, two people will be told they have cancer. Yes, every 15 seconds, someone is diagnosed with cancer. But by the end of this message, you could do something about it with your donation. A gift of any amount to the American Cancer Society can help those facing cancer get free rides to care or a free place to stay closer to treatment. Donate today at cancer.org. I'm Rachel Martin. You probably know how interview podcasts with famous people usually go. There's a host, a guest, and a light Q&A. But on Wildcard, we have ripped up the typical script. It's a new podcast from NPR where I invite actors, artists, and comedians to play a game using a special deck of cards to talk about some of life's biggest questions. Listen to Wildcard wherever you get your podcasts, only from NPR.